Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. In our never-ending I Work For Him desire to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways that will challenge the way you think about your faith and your work, today we're talking with Jeff Ruby, founder, president, CEO, super dude at Red Rock Leadership right here in Tampa Bay. I, I forgot your actual title, Jeff. I apologize. But you're president, CEO, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Whatever, whatever I can call you, it's okay. All right. We're talking with Jeff Ruby today. And we're, we're not just talking about Red Rock Leadership, although we're going to because it's a fantastic organization. I really wanted you to hear Jeff's story. And, I, and, and as, as God kind of collided us together here in Tampa Bay, and we've shared across the dinner table, sharing our stories, we've got a lot in common. And I really wanted you to hear from this guy's heart about how Christ is making a huge impact each and every day. And we're joined in studio as well by his lovely daughter, Erin, who's a third-year student now, a third-year student at FSU. Don't get mad, all you Gators fans. Give me a stinking break. It's a college student. She's really nice. And so she actually may participate in the conversation today. But first, a a verse of Scripture. From John 13, 13 through 17. You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more more important than the one who sends the message. Now you know these things. God will bless you for doing them. 
All right. That's just powerful because in our workplace each and every day, Jeff, we've got the opportunity to share those things, to to actually serve the people that we work with each and every day. Jeff Ruby, Aaron, welcome to the I Work For Him show. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it. I'm just glad to have you here. I'm glad to be here. All right, so let's just talk about first how Christ is making an impact in your life. How how is he making an impact? Well, Jim, you know, you and I spoke and um and you know my story and I'm happy to share. I um Jesus is everything to me. I when I uh when I get up in the morning, the very first thing I do is I get into the word, I get into prayer. And um, in a, in just like a very good friend of mine tells me every day, he says, hey, listen, I don't want to go to work as Jeff. I want to go to work as Jesus with my Jeff clothes on. So, um, you know, it, it, that's, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty tall order. Sure it and, is. And um, nearly impossible. But uh, Jesus makes it all, all right. And uh, it, it just it, it, makes, it makes the day uh, go the way the day should go. And that's, uh, it brings peace. It brings joy. And uh, you know, since my since my faith walk started, life has just never been the same for me, and um, especially business. That, and that's really the coolest part about walking with Christ. People who have truly come into a relationship with Him, who have really submitted to His lordship in their lives, their lives are never the same again. And, and that's the beautiful part. That's how you know that the transformational power is going on in somebody's life when you look at them and you're like, "Well, there's no way, other way to explain what's going on in their lives than that." Right. I, you know, Jim, um, I was always the type of guy that was focused on just being success- successful. That was just my charge. From a very young age, I was very industrious. I was always wanting to get after it and, and, and succeed. And you know, I said this dream of just becoming this multi-gazillionaire. And, and that was just my focus early in life. And, uh, you know, it just reached a point where you reach that breaking point and just you, you figure out, that, hey, listen, everything I'm doing on a daily basis isn't bringing the satisfaction that it should be bringing. And, and then you have somebody speak the truth into your life, and you learn what the truth is, and then everything changes. And it's more than a paradigm shift. It, it's just a complete lifestyle change. I would agree. I, you know, I, I call it a paradigm shift just in how people look at their workplace because a lot of people understand at least that word. They're going to look at it differently than they've ever looked at it before. But with Christ in your life, that, that transformation from being a non-Christ follower to being a Christ follower, that is not a paradigm shift. It's a complete well, you become new again. I mean, all things are passed away. Behold, you've become new. It, that's not what we're talking about when I say paradigm shift. I'm really talking about a lot of people from their churches have never been encouraged to look at their workplace like a mission field. And they're, they're actually, a lot of people have been, because we haven't been taught on how to incorporate our faith in our workplace, we separate our faith from our workplace. So we, we have one life we lead at work and one life we lead outside of work. And what I'm trying to do is recognize that Christ told us to meld those things. Right. And, you know, I kind of, I put it this way. It's it's one of those things where I'm married. I'm happily married. been happily married for over 20 years. And you Did you want to say hi to your wife? I will. I'll say hi, Tracy. Okay, you, cool. You, I, I forgot to ask you that. I apologize. Yeah, married, no, no problem. But I've been married for a little over 20 years. And, you know, I, I tell people all the time, I say, you know, if you get to know me for more than five minutes, you're going to know that I'm married. And um, But within the first five minutes... Uh, I certainly don't start telling you how great my wife is and, and, hey, my wife's name is Tracy, and, yeah, I really know Tracy, and, and you know, I, I love her to death. But the reality is you got to get to know me a little bit to understand, you know, how much I love my wife. And you'll see how much I love my wife by the way I act, by, by the words I use, by the way I talk about her and the things we do together. It's the same, it's the same way with Christ. And, you know, I think a lot of people um, miss that in the fact that, you know, 
it, having a relationship with Christ is a personal relationship. And, you know, you won't know me for more than five or ten minutes to understand that I have a personal relationship just by the language that I use, by the way that I conduct myself, by the way I talk about the things that I do. And I think it's important that people see that difference um, just the way people would see the difference if you're married or if you're not married. Um, so it's it, blending that together and bringing that together really helps you in, in, that, in that faith walk and in, in your witness. By the way, I can tell that you love your wife. You know how I can tell you love your wife? Because of how your daughter looks at you. Because how we treat our wives is a direct reflection on how our daughters see us as fathers. Yeah, and I can amen. see it in your daughter's eyes. Amen. So, I mean, it's it, that's a cool thing. Sorry, Aaron, to put you on the spot. And anytime you want to chime in here, Aaron, you just go let me know. Okay. I didn't mean to make you a blush or anything like that. Okay. All right. You run a successful company called Red Rock Leadership, but your life wasn't always defined by success. You've had some ups and downs. How, what did that look like? Where, what, what did you have in your life that led you to where you are today at Red Rock Leadership? And how did Christ fit into that whole story? Well, you know, like I said, I, I, I grew up, I've, I've got great parents, and uh, I come from a great family. I come from a great town. And, um, you know, and one of the things about growing up in, in a great town in a great area in, in a very simple existence is that you kind of um, start to realize that, hey, listen, I live in, I live in this area uh, of, of the world where, you know, I, I don't really do anything bad. Um, you know, everything I do points to doing things that are good. I, I contribute. You know, I volunteered on the street. I, I, I walk the church on Sundays. I, you know, I take my family to, to, to lunch afterwards. I, uh, I say a prayer before every meal. And so I, I grew up really, you know, believing that, hey, listen, it, Yes, there is a God. Yes, there is a uh, you know there is somebody that is um, that looking down upon me. And um, but that aside, it was always you know God is here, and and my my business is here, and my family is over here. And when I went to work, it was hey let's let's just let's drive. Hey let's just let's just blow this thing out and, and let's get as successful as we can possibly get. Let's get as much money in the bank as we can possibly get in the bank. Let's accumulate as much as we can accumulate. And you trick yourself into thinking that, hey, listen, this is God blessing me. You know, and, and even when I wasn't a, a true believer, a true follower of Christ, you know, I would find myself saying those words, hey, listen, I'm blessed. You know, look, look at all these things that God is doing for me. Look at all these things that he's bringing upon me. And, you know, there, there came a point in time, like I said, it was in my mid-30s and I started to be surrounded around uh, men who really cared about me, and they started to speak some some truth into my life, and there was some sincerity. And the question was posed upon me as to, hey, listen, you know, what's going to happen to you when, when you die? And um, by one, one gentleman just was very bold and asked me that question, and I said, hey, listen, I... Uh, uh, today, <laughs> um, I think I'm in good shape. I said, but you know... Just, some days aren't so good and some days are okay but i think at the end of the end of the end of the road here i'm going to where i'm going to heaven right who's not going to go to heaven and uh he gave me some scripture to really think about mostly in romans um you know it really just kind of led me through a couple and he said you know you think about this and i went home i read it it haunted me and i remember on january 25th 2005 um as i was sitting at my kitchen table have a cup of coffee i began to write my journal and i said you know what um I, I, rec- I am a sinner, and, and I, I recognize I need a Savior. And I really want to turn away from the way I was acting, and I want to turn in a different direction. And uh, my wife had done that just a couple years prior to me. And um, when I did that, you know, I kind of opened my eyes, and no lightning bolts, no thunder. Uh, and I went on living for a little while. And 
But it was shortly thereafter, within about two years, which I can go into a little bit detail later, um, I have what's called a de- desert experience. I didn't really understand what lordship meant. Mm. Um, but you know, what ended up happening to me was um, I look back on that point and I say, boy, I accumulated a lot of things. I had a lot of success. But I'll tell you what, there was a, a lot of strife in my marriage. Um, I don't wasn't nearly the dad that I think God was wanting me to be. Um, I really didn't care who I offended. Um, for me, it was like... Take no prisoners. Let's just let's just make this thing happen. You know, I was the life of the party. I was the guy that was just gonna, you know, hey, listen, let's just let's just live life to its fullest. And I look back, you know, and it was just empty. There was a lot of emptiness. And so, even though I had made money, accumulated a lot of things, there was a lot of emptiness, a lot of brokenness in my heart. And um, I wasn't feeling successful as, as as I thought I would be in my mid thirties. And then when I turned to Christ things started to change. Um, it took a little while. Um, I have a, an experience I call uh, my, my lordship experience, and that was, uh, that, was, that was the major pivotal point. Um, from that point forward... Well, ex- describe that. Sure. We've got a couple of minutes. Go ahead and describe that point when, when you recognized that... You, know, you had recognized Jesus as your Savior, but you, but you had never really said, put him on the lordship spot on, on the throne in your life. Yeah, you know, I had a lot of, um, I would say, uh, bad habits. And... Um, you know those habits had turned into a bit of a lifestyle and when you 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 become sort of what you call that that business person that's that needs to be all things to all people and you find yourself um you know hanging out at places you shouldn't be hanging out and drinking things you shouldn't be drinking and and saying things you shouldn't be saying but um but you go home at night and you put your feet up on the on the chair and and you you look up and you're like well hey at least i'm a christian now um god dealt with me on that. Um, <laughs> what did that look like when he dealt with you on it? Well, you know, I, I remember woke, waking up one morning um, in, in uh, January, mid-January in 2007, and it was after a, um, uh, just a night of, it was, it, was, it was a night of some pretty heavy partying, and uh, when, I, when I, you know, got up and I was, felt this sorrow in my heart, and it was sorrow like I had never felt before. And, you know, I look back on it now, and it was clear to me that God was, um, God was desiring me to come closer to him. And I knew that. And, um, and I, for the first time in my life, I literally just looked right straight toward him, and I said, Lord, just take this from me. I want to be all in. And I said, I don't want to perpetuate this. I don't want my kids to follow in this path. I've got to, at the time, Aaron was 12 and, and Katie was nine. And I said, I just don't want them to follow the path that I'm, that I'm on right now, this path of no joy and, and living a dual lifestyle. And I said, I don't know what this means, but take this from me. And I, it was at a point where we had just moved to Florida and things were being held together, but very, very... Uh, loosely. Well, you moved here at the beginning of 07, you said. It was 07. <laughs> you know, right? Things were already tough here. They were going to get a lot worse. Yeah. You know, we, I had an opportunity to sell my business up in Ohio. And when I moved down here, you know, I found myself in the middle of 07, really just spending the money that I had made on sold, selling the business and just surviving. And, um, you know, it, it was at a point where we we're kind of run low and the economy was looking bleak. And, and finally, I just said, you know, I... I, I got to do something here. And it was just, it was out of pure desperation. I just said, you know, really, it wasn't even me striving for a better lifestyle. It was just me just saying, hey, Lord, just please heal me. You know, get, get, get me out of this, this, uh, this, this trench I've dug myself into. And uh, the Lord was faithful. You know, he picked me up. Um, 
dusted me off. Uh, I spent about two more years, which I call in the desert. Um, I went to work for a, a really fine company, uh, provided for my my needs, and got me back up really on my professional feet, and uh, really spent some time. We, at that time, we, uh, we we joined a church, you know, a, a Bible believing Bible teaching church just changed everything for us and um all right so when we come back from the break jeff i really want to talk about what these last six years have looked like in your life and how what the transformation has looked like all right listen we're talking today with jeff ruby from red rock leadership he's been sharing his story his work the work of christ in his life and i wanted to ask his daughter his daughter aaron is joining us in studio today aaron your dad just shared how before 2009 he hadn't really learned to allow the lord to to put the Lord on the Lordship spot in his on the throne in his life, and after that, that's been this 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 track that he's been on. Do you describe for me the difference the before Christ and after Christ, Jeff Ruby? Um, the after Christ, Jeff Ruby is definitely more of a spiritual leader for our family. Um, he's a lot more involved now. Um, a lot more when we go to him for advice or with problems, he. Um, he really encourages us to turn to the Lord, turn to the Word in that. Um, whereas before Christ, um, he just wasn't really as in touch with us, I feel like. Um, he's out with his friends a lot. Um, we see him more now, I feel like, as more of a family man than before um, before Christ. How did it impact you as a teenager? Um, it's nice to have a father figure um, around, especially a spiritual leader, just to be that example for us. Um, just kind of see, and even now as I'm getting older and looking for, um, you know, a potential future husband, um, him being the example for that um, is really great to see. Yeah, it is absolutely powerful, and it's such a big responsibility that we have as dads, Jeff, to set the the standard for what our daughters should be looking for in a husband. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and sometimes I just have to apologize. I tell my daughter, please don't. Just don't. That was not what you want to look for. Aaron, I appreciate you sharing that. It's always good. I, I had, yeah, I, I can talk, I can look back at my dad and say the same thing. I remember the day my dad really turned his life over to the Lord and started walking with the Lord. And I actually send him a card or I call him on that day because it made such an impact in my life. I was almost 17 years old, but it, I'll never forget March the 6th, 1983. It was unbelievable because our family was never the same again right it was very very cool so that part of your story is so powerful we've got just a couple minutes left i need to do our book highlight segment so we'll come back when we come back with you at the end of the or after the bottom of the half hour jeff i really want to talk about red rock leadership and how christ is using on you on a daily basis and how you're learning to incorporate your faith into that so we'll get back to that right after the bottom of the half hour the book today is A Leadership Promise for Every Day of the Year, written by John Maxwell. A short explanation. Applauded as one of the world's most popular leadership experts, John Maxwell distills many of his winning concepts and scriptural meditations into a daily devotional, following the phenomenally popular format of Grace for the Moment and Hope for Each Day. Delivered with his trademark style of confidence and clarity, Maxwell addresses a host of relevant topics, including success, stewardship, teamwork, and mentoring. Call into the studio line right now to get a copy of this by John Maxwell. 855-265-2929-855-265-2929. And remember, you need to read the book and the calendar, but don't wait for the movie. Read the book. Don't wait for the movie. Read the book. Don't wait for 
All right, we're talking today with Jeff Ruby with Red Rock Leadership about really how he's been growing in Christ right in front of his employees. And he's shared in the first half hour of really this miraculous turn of events in his life. And if you miss the first half, we're not going to repeat it. But I got to tell you, it was powerful. And we even, we, we've got the privilege of having his daughter, Erin, in the studio today. And she just shared the notice, the difference that she noticed in her dad before Christ and after Christ. And that's what people should notice about you. If your life has been transformed by Christ, your life will never be the same again. If you read the scriptures, people who's people who met Jesus, their lives were never the same again. Never. Even the rich young ruler who said, nah, I'm not going to sell everything and give it to the poor. His life was never the same again. Don't you just think that he went on living that conversation he had with Christ, burned into his heart for the rest of his life. In fact, probably all of eternity. Jeff, I, I love what you've shared, what I wanted is how did God lead you to, to start up Red Rock Leadership? Where did that come into play? And in all this, after, as you put him on the throne in your life, where did Red Rock Leadership come in? Well, you know, I, I ran a uh, sales training company up in Ohio, and in 2005, it was for five years, in 2005, I had a, a client step up and offer to um, purchase the business from me. And it was something my wife and I were thinking that, you know, it'd be nice to maybe move to a warmer climate. But it, this really came out of nowhere, and we we ended up agreeing to sell the business, and in, in uh, worked about a twelve month uh, consultant contract, and moved to Tampa in '06. And when I got to Tampa, I was looking to get right back into the business again, and God had other plans for me. Clearly, had other plans. Um, my transformation, uh, really, my conversion took place at the beginning of '05. The 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 my client offered to purchase the business in, in middle of 05. By the end of 05, the, the business was sold, and I'm in Tampa in 06. And then the economy is just collapsing around us, and, and things didn't work out where I intended on going, and here I am just saying, you know, what do I do now? Well, I started selling insurance and uh, was doing fairly well with it, but my, my wife had really called my attention to the fact that maybe I wasn't utilizing my my talent and you know I wasn't doing what my highest and best use was I had done the proverbial um you know well I made this decision for Christ and now my lot in life is just to be uh quote unquote obedient and this is what he has for me and I'm to be joyful in what I'm doing (laughs) and um so I, I would come home from work every day shoulders hung you know low but had joy in my heart you know and uh and she says you know something this isn't this just clearly isn't clicking right things aren't Things aren't, uh, I don't, there's the fruit, you know, the fruit had really started to die off a little bit. And so I said, well, what do you think? She said, well, why don't you get back to doing training again? And I said, well, hold on a minute. When I was doing training before, there was a whole lot of uh, self-help involved. Well, I had gotten into the word. So I'm, I'm well into my faith walk. This is about 2008, 2009. She starts having this conversation with me. I give my life to Christ in 05, made him Lord of my life in 07, had been through the Bible once, maybe twice heading through, beginning to understand, hey, listen, it's about biblical principle, not about relying on self. Everything I'd known about training and consulting was all self-help theory, pop psychology. I, I can't do this again. And uh, we had this major, you know, not major dilemma, but, you know, these major conversations. I began to pray about it. And I remember God really impressing upon my heart that, hey, listen, he wanted me for who I was, not who I wasn't. I began to think about Paul's experience. You're going to have to say that again. That was was absolutely a Jeff Ruby quotable. (laughs) The Lord impressed upon my heart that he wanted me for uh, who I was, not who I wasn't. And he really kind of led me to 
Paul's experience on the road to Damascus and and just was you know, in a moment Paul was very uh fervent about going after and persecuting Christians and within a moment uh Christ had taken him and put him He was him the number in, one spokesman for Christianity. Right. Oh yeah, it was in 3 days. It was a pretty miraculous transformation. Well, it's clear to me that that God wanted Paul for who Paul was, not who Paul wasn't. And took and redirected that energy and that wisdom directly toward him. And without Paul, where would we be today in in terms of knowing uh and having the the, the richness. So, um I thought to myself, well, I I certainly don't want to compare myself to Paul, uh but I'll go ahead and take that biblical principle and we began to draw up a business plan and within about a year uh, we were able to launch the business and um, I really I, I thought to myself I said my prayers were something like this Lord I don't expect that I'm going to be successful and so if this is just something that you're doing to me so that I can find myself broken even further then I'm willing to walk through whatever having these audible prayers and praying with my wife out loud to say if 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 this is something that you want me to do to fail, then I want to be your most your most faithful uh, failed servant ever. You know, and, and I was just I remember praying that out loud, and um, I remember Red Rock Leadership started in uh, June uh, February of 2010, and I got an opportunity to go speak in front of a group of CEOs. Within two months, about three or four of the CEOs in the group had signed on as clients, and the business just went up I'm like an like an elevator I mean it just went shot straight up and I found myself overwhelmed with you know oh my goodness where is this coming from and um, so it was a it was just a, an amazing experience because I think God had humbled me to the point where I had lost that desire to be successful and earn a bunch of money but then here God is sort of blessing me and not blessing me with money but blessing me with the opportunity to be faithful and be obedient and I think I shared with you a little bit before the show that I was going through the experience in God study and one of the things that he impressed upon me was that I was um, that I really really wanted to have first time obedience and so that was my focus I think there's a lot of things I sort of laid before the Lord and the Lord said okay I'm going to take you use you for who you are not who you're not and, and you're going to build this company and I'm going to be glorified through it and you're going to be able to impress this uh this attitude and this mindset upon a lot of people and that's going to lead a lot of people to me and create a lot of awareness toward me and um I, it's, it's just it's been amazing so the mission of red rock leadership yep the mission of, of red rock leadership uh it, it's on our website and um it, it's it's a bold one it's to be faithful to god while serving others and being excellent in all we do um and it's something that we uh, that we put out there, and that's what we believe in, and, and that's our drive, and that's our that's our whole purpose. But you're tell me tell people what you do so that they can find out a little bit more about Red Rock Red Rock Leadership in case they haven't heard about you. I mean, I know you've been a big sponsor of the Tampa Bay Mirror Prayers Breakfast, Prayer Breakfast, which is next week. But what what do you do? What are you in, in a nutshell? What do you do? Well, you know, and it's funny because any clients listening to me right now, they may be surprised to hear you know, even me speaking the way I'm speaking, although they may not be surprised at my position. But for me to be as outspoken as I am right now, because it's nothing that we really hang on a shingle as opposed to we put it on our website and we're not afraid to talk about it. Uh, about our faith, but the reality is we want people uh, to be attracted to Christ, not to Jeff Ruby, not to Red Rock Leadership. We want them, we want them to um, to be seeking 
uh, and desiring a, a better way to, to live life. And so we're a sales training leadership development company. That's what we do. And we aren't just for Christian-owned companies. We're, 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 uh, we are a company that's focused on teaching people how to lead the right way. And the right way to lead is exactly what the Bible tells us, and that is to be the best leader, you have to be the best servant. And um, servant leadership is the best model for leadership. And so we teach that. But we teach it through a platform that speaks to five competencies of mental toughness. And in order to maintain that high-level mental toughness, uh, we have to recognize who we are. And for believers, we have to recognize who we are in Christ. And um, so our charge is to give people the, the ability to develop the skills that they need to become the best leaders in their family, best leaders in their churches, best leaders in their neighborhoods, best leaders in their schools, best leaders in their businesses, um, and, and anything else that that might encounter. And uh, we're successful at it. It's, hmm. it's fantastic. That's a great mission. Hey, you had a caller earlier on the show today that wanted you to draw attention. His name was, I believe it was Tim. He wanted you to draw attention to a plaque that you've got in your boardroom or your, or your conference room about emotional maturity. What was that all about? Well, what we do is we draw upon, when I started Red Rock, what I did was um, we didn't create our our philosophy or methodology out of thin air. Uh, first of all, the one thing that I always say is that if, if, a, if a believer is ever sitting in the room, I don't ever want to say anything in training that would contradict what they might learn in a uh, biblically-based sermon on a Sunday morning. So that doesn't mean that I, they, I want them to hear a sermon through training. I want them to be able to line things up with what they may read in the Bible or, or what they might know from discipleship or, or a pastor. So... Um, one of the things that we did was we did a lot of research and found out that uh, emotional intelligence is a is a concept that really focuses on our biology and focuses on our brain. There's been a lot of research that's been done that you know certain parts of our brain uh, hold the the um, the chemicals and the hormones might be for um, where our emotions come from. But all that to say is that we have the ability as human beings to control our emotions. We we do now. Um, Self control is, as you know, is a is a fruit of the spirit, right? Uh, so <laughs> yes, it is. It, it, it is a little bit contradictory here. Is that I have to recognize that when I receive self control, that that's a fruit of the spirit, but. Here's the thing. As human beings, um, if something is irritating me or frustrating me, I have to be able to recognize what it is that's frustrating me or irritating me. I've got to be able to regulate. And so the five competencies that, that exist are, are our awareness, our ability to regulate based on the fact that we are aware of what's going on, our level of motivation. So what is, what is it our true motivation? Because sometimes we get off track and we start to fight the wrong fight. Uh, and then we, we focus on empathy, and that's the ability to understand other people's feelings and recognize that, hey, maybe that person may not be ready to receive what I'm about ready to deliver through my mind, through my attitude. And then the last thing would be my social skills, my ability to communicate effectively. So those five competencies make up one's mental toughness or emotional maturity. Well, in order, what emotional maturity produces is or emotional or um, emotional intelligence produces is a level of maturity, and that level of maturity really breaks up into three categories. As you think about this: when we're babies, right, and we drop our pacifier or our our toy on the floor from our crib, we cry to mom and dad, and then mom and dad come and give that to us. Well, we're very dependent on mom and dad. Well, here's what's the unfortunate thing: is we have a lot of uh, adolescents and, and adults are in the same boat. When they drop something, they get upset, they they scream until somebody comes and rescues them, or find themselves in a dependent state. Well, what we try to do. I think as a society is we try to get people to be independent or autonomous and that's all fine and good but 
autonomy doesn't breed legacy. So uh, when you don't have, when you're not, uh, when you're mm, just an autonomy. Uh, another Jeff, another Jeff Ruby quotable. Autonomy doesn't breed legacy. But uh, uh, that's a great point. <laughs> but autonomy will build silos, and so when when people go into silos, they they don't they don't mingle with other people. They, the the whole trust factor. I believe that's a big part. That's big uh, problem in our society today, in our schools today, is that we're building silos. Well, what we want to do is we want to break out, and we want to teach people how to collaborate. And that's the third level of maturity. When you reach that level of collaboration, the only way to get there is to have the highest level of mental toughness or emotional intelligence. And when you collaborate, collaboration produces synergy. And synergy produces trust. And when you can operate inside a circle of trust, you can get things done. And as a leader, I really believe our if we're leading a, a school, a church, a business, a home, whatever it might be, our our job, our, our, our purpose is really to continue to serve those people that we're leading in order to continue to breed that trust. Mm. And when that trust is built, then there's synergy and people work together. Ivan would like to quote it. Those are uh, they're rubisms. I like that. I like that. That's good. Uh, Rubisms. Uh, all right. So here, here's where I want to, by the way, I just want to mention, we still haven't anybody calling for the book today, which is Leadership Promises for Every Day by John Maxwell. Just something for each and every day of the calendar day of the year about leadership. So call into the studio line. I got a copy for you today. 855-265-2929. Jeff, you and I are a lot alike. We, we, we're we both intense people. We both are driven. Uh, we both uh, struggle with the Lord. As you said, self-control. You know, I, I got to tell you, I have struggled with self-control since long before I walked with the Lord. <laughs> My parents, don't don't call in, Mom and Dad. Don't, don't call in. You know, do you, as I have dealt, I've dealt with so many things, and, and, and God has, I've been walking with the Lord for almost 36 years. There have been things that God has dealt with me immediately, just like he dealt with you in, in your, a lot of uh, social behaviors. I know in my life, I've had to work very long time on a lot of uh, things that are mentally ingrained in my body. There ain't anything like that that you struggle with. Do you got any battles on a daily basis you struggle with? Oh, uh, you know, you know that, Jim. <laughs> um, yeah, I know people like you and me. We tend to steamroll over people just because we're excited, and and I get described many times being abrasive. Anybody ever called you abrasive? Oh, from time to time. I, I think uh, this would not be a rubism, but uh, um, I, I will tell you that those who can't do, they end up teaching. And so, um, you know, I, I think I'm, I may I might be that guy, and I say that sort of tongue-in-cheek. But, um, you know, th- I'm a work in progress. And the one thing that I have to recognize about myself is that I um, have a tendency to go red real quick. And that means that if things aren't going my way, I'm a, I'm a visionary. And that means that I can see things that other people can't see, and I can see them quicker, and I can... It's not that I make better decisions. It's make I, I make more decisions in a shorter period of time. And when you make more decisions, it's like having a, a large sample pool, right? So if I can make more decisions in a short period of time, I have a tendency to look like I make, you know, uh, better decisions, which is not the case. And what happens if we're not real careful and we don't exercise some of the things I was talking about is we end up getting way out in front of people. When, when, when people can't keep up with us, uh, our train of thought or our, our what we're seeing, then, then I, I'll speak for myself. I have to be careful because anger can 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 come in, or frustration can come in, and and you know frustration, anxiety, fear, anger, those things, those are all insecurities. Those aren't feelings from the Lord. Those aren't things that that God gives us, right? Um, and so. I have to recognize that, hey, listen, when I get myself into a stressful situation, when I don't have enough margin, uh, when I when I don't have my uh, enough quiet time, when I'm not 
turning to prayer, uh, when, when I'm not just uh, focusing and relying on the Lord, then guess what? Jeff takes over. And when Jeff takes over, frustrations, anxiety, stress, fear, insecurities come out, and that looks like abrasive to people. And uh, people get offended by that. <laughs> well, it is abrasive to people, probably. But but you've got the opportunity, since you put the Lord on the throne in your life, you've got that opportunity then to reconcile with those people, to, to ask forgiveness when you've steamrolled over people. Because this is what I do. I mean, I, I told my kids, I said, listen, I'm, I'm working on anger in my life. When I screw up, I'm not afraid to apologize and admit I did wrong. And that's been one of the most powerful things, just living transparently Yes, I screw up, but just saying, I'm sorry. Because that humiliation, that that's like uh, teaching Pavlov's dog, you know, that, that negative feeling. I don't like to have to be that humiliated that often. So it's teaching me faster, I think. Yeah, no no question. I, I think, um, you know, it's something that my wife Tracy and I would talk about. She, she would remind me, and I, I would never remember this, you know, prior to my walk with Christ. But um, afterwards, she would say to me, boy, if you would just say you're sorry, it would mm-hmm. make things so much easier, and I and I think to myself sometimes, well, I did say I was sorry, in my maybe in my own mind I said that, yeah. but um, the one thing I have to do is I have to stop in my tracks sometimes, and and literally and it just slow myself down and and really give somebody a sincere apology, and um, it's powerful. It, it's it's powerful. I, you know, the one I have to make sure of is I don't wear it out, that it doesn't become just a routine for me and that I go do it again. I've got to. I don't know that you can really wear it out when, when it's sincere, because we're going to screw up and we're going to screw up all the time. When it's sincere, it's powerful. Okay, CEO of Red Rock Leadership right here out of Tampa Bay. I think technically it's it's president, but it, it really, you know, we don't even put titles on our cards. Super so duper dude at Red Rock Leadership. And we've talked, we, he's had a couple of, as we now have described them, rubisms, and they've been fantastic. I don't know that we could repeat them, but you'll have to listen to the show archive if you missed them. Really, the whole last hour we have just shared, Jeff has just shared from his heart how Christ has made a huge impact. And Jeff, in the last couple minutes, because that's all we got left, do you have any words for those Christian business leaders that are out there? Do you have any words for them on how they can do a better job of incorporating their faith in what they do on uh, on a daily basis? Absolutely. You know, it's, it's something that's really simple. I... The, the first thing I would say, I had a guy mentor me, it, not mentor me, but really just have a couple of meetings with me. I consider it mentorship. He probably may even remember my name. But I remember say, I said, he said, do you have any questions for me? And I asked him a couple of questions. He said, let me ask you a question. How often do you get into your Bible? And I said, you know, um, fairly often, two or three times a week. He said, hey, listen, are you telling me that you have the opportunity to spend every morning with the creator of the universe, the first few minutes of every morning with the creator of the universe, and you don't take advantage of that? And it really kind of affected me, and um, I would impress upon any Christian business owner out there that if you're not in the Word every single morning, and I'm not just talking about a a devotion, and I'm not just talking about prayer. Those are important, and they mean something, but get into the Word. There's nothing like being eyeball-to-eyeball, face-to-face with the Lord first thing in the morning. It's all over Scripture. David did it. Jesus did it. Uh, There's examples. So that's number one. Number two is... It, don't make it a bigger deal than it is. Um, it, you know, it, it's a big deal, but don't try. Don't force it. Don't don't let God do the work. You know, um, let your relationship with the Lord show, and let yourself be a witness. So there's several uh, there's several commands that Jesus makes to his disciples all through the Gospels that say, you know, hey, um, 
keep moving. You know, shake the dust off your sandals. Um, you know, don't say anything about the fact that I said that or I was here. There's several, and there's a lot of a lot of truth and a lot of principle in the, in the New Testament when you look at the way Jesus would would tell his disciples to live. And um, for me, it's. Focus your personal relationship with the Lord and allow people to see that come through. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't do some things, but it isn't because I'm 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 I, I've cut things out. It's because the Lord's taken them away from me. And when the opportunity comes to go ahead and witness to that, then I'm happy to share. And uh, it's just like I say one thing. I had a guy tell me over the weekend. It was actually in our Bible study. He said, you know. As we serve people, if you're a waiter and you're serving a table, well, you're serving someone because they're hungry. And if you go in for pizza and you're serving a pizza, it's because they're hungry for pizza. Well, if we have the mindset that people are hungry for Christ. Mm, and they are. And they are. And, and if we take that mindset, well, guess what? It changes the way we drive our cars. It changes the way we, we order our coffee at the, at, the, at the coffee shop. It changes the way that we treat our employees and the way that we review them. It gives them hope. It really does. In 30 seconds, the perfect client for Red Rock Leadership. Someone who desires the opportunity to grow and, and to grow stronger, that's our tagline, uh, to, to really be a better leadership team. You know, we want to work with the top level of an organization first, and then that uh, works its way down to the, to the bottom ranks. And when, when leadership wants to take, uh, uh, truly take a lead, you know, I would ask any leader, hey, look, behind you, if there's no one there, you're not a leader. But and but if you truly want to get better and you truly want your company to be a company that is a beacon of light uh, in your industry, in what you do, then Red Rock Leadership's where you have to come for that instruction. You know, we're not going to steal you wrong. I always tell people we have no unsatisfied customers out there because we've given them all their money back. Uh, so um, that's fantastic. So. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately... I work for him.